All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves thanks for joining us here big day tim it's a big day we have a winner for the give better nhl ticket giveaway super excited and i figured why not have him on the show it's not every day you get tickets to an nhl game of your choice and it's tate cron is that right cron tate yes, sir. and i'll be honest he came on the video screen here. If you're not watching on YouTube, you have to go check it out. I was blown away by Tate. He's got a big old manly grizzly beard. He's got a violent gentleman hat. He's got a super happy smile on his face. Looks like a guy you just want to hang out with. So, Tate, <laughs> walk walk us through the big announcement, the win, when you found out you won these tickets. So, um, I'll tell you, I was actually l- watching the podcast the other day on YouTube. And y'all had brought up that the winner would be announced. And so I was like, man, that's something I should maybe keep an eye out for. Well, you know, I got in my emails and I just started kind of looking through everything. And then I realized that uh, I had an email from dropping the gloves and give better. So go and check it out. And it says uh, you have 24 hours to respond to this email or we'll have to give your tickets to somewhere. Someone else. This is your last chance. Oh, no. I never got a first chance. Like, all right, so hold on. Let me go through and look. I went through and looked, and Thursday, it was Thursday morning at 1030, they had sent me an email, and I had just sent it to spam. I didn't think anything of it. So uh, thank goodness for the podcast because, you know, I wouldn't have gone on and checked my emails again if it wasn't for y'all. So, uh, And I wouldn't have won the tickets if it wasn't for y'all. That's a big, you know, that's a huge surprise. Uh, I'm going to take the wife. We're going to see the Capitals at MSG play the Rangers. Wow. January 14th. So we're going to go up there. And, uh, you know, she's been wanting to drag me to New York. I've never left Virginia. So <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Why? So just randomly a New York City trip. Are the Capitals your team? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, that's my my two-year-old daughter has, uh, you know, the 2018 Stanley Cup poster on her wall. She's got uh, – some pennants and slap shot trophies and stuff like that. Um, my wife's now a huge Caps fan. Um, so, yeah, we're it's definitely going to be a good time. That's unbelievable. Congratulations, man. I am Thank so you. happy for that you won. It's, it's What do you think of me hating on the Capitals all the time? I want to know because I, I love Ovi, but I, I'm, I don't think he's going to get the record. What's your thoughts, Tate? Um, you know, I'm used to it. 
I'm used to it across the board. board, Every, every podcast I listen to, you know, it's either nothing about the caps or, you know, it's nothing great. Um, so it, it really doesn't phase me at this point. Uh, I did like the, the last couple podcasts about, um, the goaltending. I will tell you, you know, Hunter Shepard from, uh, he came up from AHL bears. Um, I mean, he, I think he played two or three games, but he was unstoppable. And then, you know, like y'all said, Charlie Lindgren's an awesome, yeah. awesome goalie. So I, I did appreciate those. But as far as as far as hating on them, hey, as you're you're not never going to please everyone all the time. So that's right. I like that. Tate's just a good go, go and watch it on YouTube, guy. This guy looks like a guy I want to hang out with. Do you think the Caps right now they're third, Tate, in the Metro? Are they going to stick around and make the playoffs this year? <sighs> you know, I I want to say yes because I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, scoring the one or two goals and just barely squeaking by, I mean, what, we put four on the Ducks, and then next thing you know, we were winning by one one goal at the end. So, yeah. you know, with just the squeaking, I, I don't think – I just – I don't – I think someone's going to show up and they're just going to boot us. I don't think we're just going to be able to squeak by and get into the playoffs. Now, you know, if something turns around and these guys, you know, start playing like they can – and I'm so stoked that this year they've got all the young cats on there. You know, I it like is nice. Yeah. I like Alexi Protus. Um, you know, I'm I'm big on the AHL cats. So Connor McMichael getting to see him play. And, you know, I always love when they bring up McElrath and because he's a scrapper. And, you know, that's it's just, a, you know, I'm just I'm stoked where they're at. But I think we need to just kind of pick it up and get some goals in that. I agree. That would be nice, especially from the great eight there. He's got to score some even strength goals would be nice with a goalie in the net. But all right, Tate, listen, man, send us some pictures of your big night in New York City. Let us know how it goes. Congratulations. Thank you again for entering. That's fantastic, man. We're so happy you won the tickets. Me too. Thank you so much. And it's going to be a great Christmas from the Cron family. And uh, hey, I hope everybody, both of y'all, all your families have a great holiday as well. Unbelievable. We will, Tate. You too. And thank you to Give Better. All right, Tate. We'll talk to you later, buddy. See y'all. See you, man. (laughs) That's fantastic. That was Tate Cron. Uh, Awesome guy, Tim. Awesome. Salt of the earth. When we do the contest like this, that's exactly who we want to win. So it's really cool to see. And he said he's never won anything in his life, so good for him. And a big thank you to Give Better. They're the ones who facilitated this whole thing. A lot of times you see these giveaways, they don't come through right away. They reached out to Tate, figured out a game. He's going to go to a game next month, a primo game, Capitals, Rangers, in Madison Square Garden, Tim, lower bowl. Those are expensive seats. These aren't lower bowl at the Hurricanes game where you're picking up a ticket for $75. These are three, four, five dollars $500 tickets. So big thank you to Give Better. Go there right now. There's a big announcement coming out this week with Give Better. I know our, our fans in the States have been frustrated. You can't really use the app that well, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I talked to the... Uh, the designer, the owner, the head of the company this weekend. I was in Chicago. We had coffee together, and he's he showed me what's in store, Tim. It's fantastic. It's a fun app. I love it. I'm going to use it. It's, it's easier to use, super, super simple. And again, socially responsible gambling, and they're making it super easy. I'm pumped for this. I think it's going to launch on Friday, so maybe next week we'll kick it off. It's going to be it's a game changer. I don't say that lightly. I'm a very pessimistic guy. I feel like this is going to be a good app that's just going to take take over. Much like we have the Hockey Podcast area, Tim. It's going to take over everything. 
I love it. It doesn't. It takes a lot for you to get excited. You don't do it very often. So the, just this energy you're bringing about Get Better and the app that's coming out is just. It must be pretty good if you saw well, it. Well, you you're on Tinder quite a bit. It has that Tinder esque feel where you they they show you a player, and you just basically swipe left or right if you like them or not, and they'll give you it's either like touchdowns or fantasy rating or this and that, and it's just week to week they change it up, so it's super fun. It's always changing, and it's going to be wide receivers one week. So they'll show you a wide receiver. Do you think he's going to get 75 yards? And you go, yes. You have to get four picks right. And if you do, you win. If you bet $10, you win $100. So it's super simple. And then if you lose like 50%, 50%, they've upped it from 25 to 50. 50% of all their money goes to charity. It's crazy. So they're not in it to make a huge ton of money. You know Tom's, the shoes? Yeah. You buy one, they give one to charity. They're doing that same thing, but with gambling. I know I'm going on whatever, whatever, but it's such a cool thing. I'm excited to roll it out next week because I, I think it, people are going to love it. I love it. And I'm not a huge gambling guy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these guys to the cleaners. I love myself some fantasy football. Speaking of football, did you see the controversy for the selection committee, the final four teams? Alabama yeah. squeaks in. Florida State gets booted, undefeated 13-0. But Bama, Nick Saban gets in. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this, Tim? Well, I don't follow closely enough to really have an opinion on it. And I feel like Florida State gets screwed because uh, the quarterback gets injured. Mm-hmm. And so there's two schools of thought where, like, okay, you're you're not the team that went 11-0 and then 13-0. and Like, you're not that same team anymore. You're probably not even a top four or top ten team without that quarterback. So you kind of it, – it would be a bye week for a lot of teams. So I get that. I get that thinking of it. But at the same time – like what's the point of playing the games? You you won all the games. You yep. uh you, you beat the team. You sh- you deserve to be there. And the coach was irate. So I get that. Although Big Cat from Barstool said like if you're a Florida State team, the one thing you have going for yourself if you're a fan, you can just cry about being screwed for the rest of your life because you are probably going to lose that game no matter who you played. But now you can say, you know what? We never had a chance. We got screwed. We could have won. And you get you get to have that forever. So I guess that's a little bit of a blessing. It's frustrating because they do. If they go in and wax Georgia, it's going to be always a, a burr in their side. Remember when Boise State was winning every single year, thirteen and zero? They would win their bowl game, and you just never knew if they were good enough to beat the big guys in the Power Five conferences. I don't like it. I feel like, yeah, what's the regular season for? Who cares? Well, I, I, the regular I think it's a big mistake. On the NFL, the Patriots have like an empty stadium the other day. They get booted from uh, prime time and have to play. It's just so bad, so bad. Very. They don't even have a quarterback, Tim. They didn't. Did they? Did they get blanked this weekend? Six nothing. No. The boringest game in NFL history. They're the first team in NFL history in the Super Bowl era, which is basically NFL history, to to allow ten or fewer points in three straight games and lose all three games. Oh, it's bad. How it's much really would bad. you give to pay Tom Brady to come back? No, <sighs> no. We move a hundred million dollars? <laughs> yeah, if I had it, sure. Oh man, that's unbelievable. They suck so bad. The Bills aren't doing much better. They're six and six. They just can't figure it out the Bills. All right, moving on to hockey. A lot of shifting, Tim, going on. A lot of maneuvering post-Thanksgiving. Just when you think you have a handle on things, a team goes on a winning streak. A team goes on a losing streak. Tim's losing in mind, losing his mind with Boston. I don't know what the heck is on the agenda. I shook my head when I read what you wrote. I'm like, this is couldn't be further from the truth. But let's start with a Stanley Cup perennial contender, the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
They got through the first half, first quarter of the season unscathed. Their all-star goaltender wasn't there, Andre Vasilevsky. He comes back. Life is supposed to be good. He was supposed to be a catalyst to them taking the next step, going and competing for a conference championship, getting up with the New York Rangers. Don't look now. They've lost four in a row. They've fallen out of playoff position. They're six and nine in December. And to just put the cherry on top of how inept they were in December, or sorry, in November, they lost eight to one, Tim, to the Dallas Stars. Eight to one. The Tampa Bay Lightning got just shellacked by a touchdown and a field goal or an extra point. What what is going on in Tampa? Is it Vasilevsky's fault? Much like Pierre Patrice Bergeron ruined the Bruins last year in the playoffs. He came back too early. Should Vasilevsky should have just let himself feel 110% and not sacrifice team success to pump up your own ego like Bergeron did in the playoffs when they were up 3-1 to one and he all of a sudden is healed and he comes back and he just scuttles their chance at a Stanley Cup? It feels the same to me. Obviously, it's not the same. And I would I would. I guess it's not the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Um, not the same. So, so Cooper is like not a coach that I think would let Vasilevsky play if he didn't think he was 100%, or at least he gave him a chance to win. Uh, and I would say that not about all the coaches in the league, but John Cooper is like just professional level-headed and all that, although he did lose it a little bit over the weekend. And Vasilevsky... Um, it's just, you know, the arguably the best goaltender alive, two-time cup winner. Oh, he's just, slow your roll. Alive? And right now, I mean, I know he's been, he's had a poor start to the season, but I'm saying, like, he's been the best goaltender for, he's for good. a year. I agree. Now. I agree. Um, but alive is aggressive. There's a lot of people well, who are alive. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, currently. Anyway, so, but since returning, he has, I think he's one in four, one in five, three point eight seven goals again, eight fifty nine save percentage. Those are like, those are those are getting sent down to the AHL numbers, you know. And for a team that's supposed to be contending, because it was funny, because I was, I'm getting a lot of grief from a couple of commenters about picking the Rangers to win, uh, to lose. And even though I, I think I've been wrong about that so far, but in my holster, I always said, well, John thought Tampa was going to slide. And they didn't, and they didn't, and they didn't. And then this last 10 days, they have just been bad. Oh, my. So, I don't know. I hate to say I'm wrong, but I think I might be traveling down that road to eventually insinuating that I possibly could have been wrong. But I'm not there yet. You could just say I was right. That's worse. I'd rather be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's what's the answer here? Because they have a good team. What do they do to kind of right the ship? Is this just a blip on the radar? Do you think Vasilevsky is going to return to form? Because he, like Tim, this is concerning. This is very. Is what, at, at what point do you bench him? And you say, you know, we can't keep doing this. We got to start winning games. I'm not concerned about the offense, the defense, the team in general. It's really just Vasilevsky in particular. But I know with this team, how much they rely on him. That's a lot. And so it's not going to be easy to like, you can't go get another goalie unless he goes in the LTIR and doesn't play, but he's You're not, not going to do goalie, that. Yeah. No. Um, so he's your goalie. So really where he goes, Tampa goes, I think he's going to be fine. I think he writes the ship. I don't know that we'll ever see. I don't know. This might be dramatic, but we might not see prime Vasilevsky again, at least not this year if he's dealing with some stuff, but he can be good enough to win you some games. He's not this bad by any measure. And if he is, then he's hurt and he won't play. So I think I think it'll be fine. I think Tampa will be fine. I think they're back in the playoffs and by the end of the month. 
but it's not getting any easier. That's the thing. And they're in a very competitive conference, guys nipping at their heels. Well, now they're the one nipping at people's heels. They have to play Pittsburgh, who's been struggling, but Vancouver, Edmonton, who's surging. St. Louis is a hard out. Vancouver, Florida, who's playing great. Washington, Rangers, Tim, they're playing playoff caliber teams all December. What happens if they sh- they show up and they they lose three quarters of those games? It's not easy. What are you shaking your head? They could. No, you're right. I'm saying that then then it's a different conversation. They play nine games. If they go three and six, that's a that's a tough hill to decline. Like this is the Eastern Conference. This isn't the Pacific or the Western Conference when there's cupcakes and easy games on the schedule. You better get your act together. And no wonder John Cooper was losing his mind. I don't know if you saw it. Eight to one in Dallas. John Cooper's very reserved, very composed on the bench, very, very player friendly. Doesn't doesn't dress guys down a lot. Losing his marbles, absolutely screaming his head off, just challenging the guys, trying to get them going to no avail. Eight to one. A Stanley Cup contender doesn't lose eight to one. I know Dallas is good, but boy, oh boy, I I don't want to say I told you so. But this team, if they don't go 500 or better in December, it's 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 going to be very difficult for them to make the playoffs. The Flyers are playing good. Pittsburgh should right the ship. The Devils are out of a playoff position right now, Tim. You figure the Devils are going to get their act together and start throwing some wins together. So I don't know. The Red Wings just got Kane. There, there's. I'm concerned if I'm a Lightning coach, player, fan, anybody associated with the team. It's not looking good right now. Yeah, they have a tough schedule, like you mentioned. They also have played more games than just about everyone in this division in the entire conference. They played 25. The only other team that's played 25 is Buffalo, and Columbus played 26. So they have games in hand, and they're still hold. They're out a few points on these teams, and they probably have a tougher schedule. So, like you said, is 500 even enough? No, you know what I no, mean? no, no, it's not. Absolutely not. So, yeah. Because that's only it's 84, been... 85 points. Like, you need to be pushing 96, 98 to get into the playoffs. But, I mean, in, in December, can they go 500 and stay in the hunt? Oh, in December. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's still a lot of games to be played. They're not even halfway through the season, but they very well could well, be at the Dallas end of December. tonight. So oh, at home this time, they need a bounce back game. You got to have a pushback because if you don't, then it just sends a message that you are absolutely done. Speaking of pushback, Tim thinks the Bruins had a good pushback after the recent slide. I believe they lost three in a row and they go on a little mini winning streak here. And Tim's excited about this, which is bizarre to me because they beat Toronto, who is having their own issues all together on their own. So Toronto is not a great team right now as it stands, but it's a good win. They beat him in overtime. And then they beat the vaunted Columbus Blue Jackets. Whoa, Marshawn gets a hat trick. Tim's all jacked up about this. They get two wins, and now he says this team is dangerous again. They're dangerous. How does these two wins change anything, Tim? How are they all of a sudden dangerous again? Two wins were big wins for a few reasons. First of all, like you said, they stopped the slide. So you get back on the winning streak and you have two in a row. That's big after losing three straight, which you were giving them grief for. So you have to give them credit when they turn it around. The second thing, you get Marchand winning and scoring again. He was in quite a slump and then he scores the overtime winner 
in Toronto, which I want to talk about in a second. Then he gets a hat trick last night. So, so big performance from him, getting him back on the scoring sheet is going to be big. You have a win for each of the goalies. They split the duties over the weekend. They both get great wins, Swayman and Allmark, back in the win column, back in the confidence. I don't know how you can think it wouldn't be a big weekend, but a lot of it's, and I will admit that, a little bit of emotional because the, the Saturday night game in Toronto overtime was just absolutely incredible. And Toronto scored with like four seconds left or something, like something crazy. Um, Matthews, great play, great goal, very frustrating. And uh, yeah, Boston won. And probably the best overtime I can remember seeing in the three-on-three ever. Just chances, chances, both goalies making huge stops. And then it ends with Marshawn lighting up, uh, I forget who it was, Riley, I think. Um, and center rice pasta now goes in for the breakaway. It's stopped. He gets his own rebound, throws it in front of the net, bounces up. Marshawn catches it, drops it, shoots it in the open net. And it's crazy. Did you see the clip of Tavares on that play? No, I he, didn't. He watches the breakaway happen and he's, he's on his far blue line. So he knows he can't get back to catch up to pasta, but he doesn't hustle back to get, to get his man, which would have been Marshawn. So the captain is watching, waiting. And, and he's at his own blue line by the time Marshawn scores, where he could have been in there and st- broke up the play. So not not great hustle, pretty disappointing effort from your captain on a play like that. But yeah, good weekend for Boston. I just you're just funny. <laughs> um, did did Reeves go and pound Marshawn's face in? He did nothing. His first shift, he got a penalty, and then uh, I don't think I saw him again. I wasn't looking for him, but he didn't play much. Is he still consequential in this league? Did the Toronto Maple Leafs make a mistake in signing him? I don't want to say that because I like the guy. and You have to keep your feelings out of this. I know. We thought he would fit in great to this team. Do you think he came in too hot where he was just too confident and really he was doing a lot of talking? In in the lead up to the season, saying how I'm going to change things, this and that's going to happen. This, the teams aren't going to be able to pull this stuff. And then right away, what happened in Toronto? I can't remember. Something happened, and there wasn't a response. What team were they playing? It was Boston. Marshawn. That's hit what Lillard I thought. Yeah. yeah, and and then there was no response. This was supposed to be. I thought it was going to be a crazy, like out of control game for that reason. And Reeves was finally going to do something, and he didn't. All right. He's dash 10, 17 games played. I will, I'll say it. It so far, it's been an abject failure for Ryan Reeves in Toronto. I think he would say the same thing, but yeah, he's got two more years there. So he's got time to figure it out. Good job for the Bruins to write the ship, beating a really, really strong Columbus Blue Jackets team. They're going to really feel good about that. But I do think it's good. Marshawn scoring and pasta could be the, could be the MVP of the season. He's he's having a fantastic season. Everybody's talking about Kucherov and McCarr and Hughes and this and that. Pasta is the most dangerous player right now, five on five in the NHL. Hands down. Kucherov, more than half of his points are on power play. Pasta's he's a dangerous player. You think the Bruins are dangerous? It's David Pasternak who's dangerous. That guy's legit. Speaking of dangerous, getting dangerous, Arizona Coyotes. Four straight wins. Last four cup winners, doing pretty good. Goaltender, Connor Ingham, playing fantastic. Lights out. 10-3, and 2.3 goals against, 9.36 save percentage. He's having himself a season, Tim. No one's really talking about Arizona. They're doing, they're doing, doing some good work out there. Question, and we'll ask this for the next three teams. Can they hang on to a playoff spot? 
much like the East, where there's some prizes in playoff positions right now, when you look at the the West, Arizona's in a playoff spot. Can they sustain this? What do you think, Tim? You're an Arizona insider, kind of. Yeah, um, I hope I hope so. I don't think I don't think they will. This though. isn't a hope I, type thing. Do you think it or don't you? I hope I they just do. It needs it. to be fun. I hope, hope so, but I don't think I they hope will. So. Okay, I don't think you they don't will. Think and I think it has less to do with them because I really like their their roster and way the guys are performing. Clayton Keller, of course, is leading the team in points mm-hmm. as he should be. Nick Smalls right behind him, but I love this Matthias Michelli kid. He's very Ooh. young. Um, 17 points already. He's plus seven. He's looking really good. Logan Cooley's a playmaker. He's kind of developing his game a little bit. It's only 13 points, two goals, but they're getting kind of production. They're not relying on any one or two guys any too heavily, which is great. But no, I don't think they make the playoffs more because it's just the teams in their division and behind them. I know they're not in, in the division, but I still believe that Edmonton's going to come back up and get in the back into the wild card. Minnesota could get back in the wild card too. They have three. This wild card is still very, very tight. And so they have 26. They have the first wild card point, 26 points. It is the Coyotes. But like right behind them, Predators have 24, Flames 23, Kraken 22, Wild 20, Ducks 20. Like it's all very, very close. It's still, tight. So. Yeah. And yeah, it's early. I and think I think there will be a lot of shuffling. But I tell you what, uh, I'm not going to sell these Arizona Coyotes. So I think they are definitely motivated. As Tim likes to say, they're hungry. They've been the laughing stock of the league for how many decades now? I want to say six decades. They're um they're struggling. And so they they're excited to get a taste of success. I would not surprise me if they make the playoffs right now. It really would. I, I don't the Predators have been playing really, really good hockey as of late. Calgary will continue to slide. I don't think Seattle is the team that we saw last year. So I don't know. It'll be there'll be a few teams vying for those two wildcard spots, and I think Arizona will be one of them come to the end of the season. All right, moving on. Another team that is doing some shuffling, doing some winning, the Edmonton Oilers. Ever since their coaching change, they got rid of Jay Woodcroft. They replaced him. All of a sudden, they're winning. They've won four straight, seven and three in their last ten. They seem to have some pep in their step. You think they'd be in a playoff spot? No. They're still third last in the Western Conference. A lot of winning happening in the Western Conference right now. A lot of teams are winning in the bottom. Not a lot of teams are winning up top. Everybody's starting to to shrink that gap to Vegas, to L.A., to those top teams. It's nice to see parity in the league. What is going on in Edmonton, Tim? Is it the offense picking up? Is it the defense? Well, how are they winning these games? Well, it's a little bit of everything, but it's it's the offense. We knew the offense wasn't going to be quiet forever. We talked last week about McDavid coming back on fire. He had like 11 points in three games. You've seen a lot of great things from Hyman. You've seen a lot of great things from um, Dreisaitl. So, yeah, I think it's the offense. And like I said, I still have this team making the playoffs, although it's it's a tough road. You forget how bad they were, even with four wins and seven of their last 10. They're still third to last in the West. They're still behind the Ducks. And a lot of these other teams. So I I don't know what the answer is, but I still would bet on them making the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, the verdict is still out. They've had some good wins of late. They beat Vegas. They, they clean up in Winnipeg. So th- they are improving their game. The offense kicked into gear versus Anaheim. They put eight on the board. Does it even count if you score a bunch of goals on Anaheim and San Jose anymore? Those two teams just cannot seem to play defense whatsoever. But I like it. I, I like the way they're headed. I just I I can't like you said buy into this team just yet. 
They're going to play a few games this this week that are consequential. Good teams are going to play the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they played them two weeks ago, and Carolina shellacked them six to three. So that'll be a good game. Then they face a huge game will be the Wild this Friday. That'll be a big game for them. To me, that'll be a real test because Wild have been playing good. Oilers have been playing good. Which team is for real? Big, big four-point game coming up for the Oilers, but I like it. I don't think they're there yet. I think they still need to make some moves and shore up that defense. I think the goaltender situation is starting to kind of solidify with Stuart Skinner. He's been playing okay, not terrible, and that's all they really need him to do because they will score some goals. But much like how the Tampa Bay Lightning have a challenging December, the Oilers have a pretty tough December too. They're playing some solid teams, the Florida, the Tampa Bays, the New Jerseys. They need to come out on scathes of this month to have a chance in the Western Conference, which is becoming pretty competitive, Tim. Uh, it's hard for me to say. But it is the, – the bad teams are starting to get better. Well, really only Arizona, right? And then Minnesota. Let's get to Minnesota because I've been their, their biggest critic all season long. Said they're going to suck, kick salary cap hell. I got, I got a close-up look at them yesterday. They came in. They played the Chicago Blackhawks. Mind you, at this point – and I have to watch my P's and Q's here because I don't want to get fired in Chicago – but the team the Blackhawks are icing right now is a pretty good AHL team, minus the first line. If you get rid of the first line, and I'll just be honest, if you get rid of Bedard, it's a it's a playoff AHL team. That's it. This is not an NHL team the Blackhawks are icing. They have, they've lost everybody. Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, Athanasiu. All guys they were supposed to rely on to fill in the top six are gone. So any results against them are just just take it with a grain of salt because they're not a great hockey team. All that being said, the Minnesota Wild looked pretty good last night, yesterday afternoon. Marco Rossi is, is a pretty good centerman on that first line. Ryan Hartman got demoted. He's playing on the fourth line now. Just shows you how good Ryan Hartman is. The guy's been on the first line between Kaprizov and Zuccarello for how many years now? Three. Two or three? Yeah. All of a sudden, they find a guy who can make some plays and put the puck in the net. Hartman goes all the way to the fourth line right wing. Like, he's, he didn't even stick around in the second line. So he was he was just in fantasy camp for a few years there, living life. The Wild looks strong. That first line's unbelievable. Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Tim. He's a, he's unbelievable. He might, he might eclipse 100 points this year for the first time in his career. He's on pace for 93. So creative, so fun to watch. But can you just slap me in the face and tell me I'm wrong about this Minnesota Wild? And all our Minnesota fans can just laugh at me? Because am I crazy? Or are these guys going to make the playoffs? They look fantastic, Tim. Was it all Dean Evason? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because we always see this when there's a coaching change, right? You get a little bit of a bump. Everyone's playing for playing time, wants to impress the new guy. There's a new energy. There's a new system. I think by the end of this month, the next couple of weeks, we'll we'll have a better idea. But I've been on them the whole year. I knew they were better than this. And you were the one that was pretty critical of them saying, Tim, they stink. They're not a good hockey really, team. Really, really critical. You can't have a good hockey team with $15 million in dead cap. You just can't do it. And I think they're – I know you, you don't like this, but I think they're better <clears> than their record says. And I know a lot of guys will say, no, you are who your record says you are. Um, but this team just feels like it's it's better than uh, – what are they? Like, a, I'm going to look them up real quick. They are – Eight, ten, and four. It feels like they're a better team than that, doesn't it? No, but it, it, just because they've they've struggled so mightily, and to score in particular, 
before the coaching change, the, the previous seven-game losing streak they were on, they scored 13 goals in seven games. I'm not a math guy, but that's less than two goals a game. You're not going to win many games when you score one and two goals a game. Since the coaching change, I don't know if John Hines, hit him with the Hines! I don't know if he is an offensive mastermind, but it seems like it's working. They've got, they've got 13 goals, Tim, in three games with him. That's that's 13 and 3. I'm not a math guy, but that's over four a game. And they won't even up three in three games. Again, I'm not a math guy, but that's one a game, I think. You're going to win a lot of games when you score four and you only give up one. So the ingredients are there. When you look at this roster, it's it's actually astonishing. When you look at this roster, how they're made up, and how scary it would be if they had an extra $15 million to play with. That's the sad thing, because they have a solid, solid team. Their first line is lights out. Like Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Rossi are, are very fun to watch. They zip the puck around. They they are the most creative. I wanna I, I wanna almost say they're like gamblers. Where they're throwing passes across the ice, they have no business throwing. They're going cross seam east-west. They're doing 360s. They're they're gamblers. And it's fun to watch because they can just the puck is on a string with them. Their second how line did, is good. Well, go ahead, Tim. Cut me off. Yeah. Well, how did how did Boldy look? Because he's another guy. He's the second terrible. most highest paid forward. Terrible. terrible. Not terrible, but not not great. K- K- no confidence whatsoever in his game. That second line was very very quiet. Johansson, Eriksson, Ek, and Boldy. If they could figure out that situation, they'd be very dangerous. The Gaudreau line with Felino and Maroon looked really good. The Dewar, Duhamey, and Hartman line on the fourth line looked really, really solid. Quick, energetic, in-your-face, skill. If they had $15 million to throw at this roster, you'd be very dangerous. You know who impressed me is Brock Faber. Young defenseman, University of Minnesota, very, very fleet-footed. He was flying all over the ice. Jonas Brodeen, safety blanket. I liked him. Jared Spurgeon. They got they, Tim, they have a good team. If their goaltender starts saving the puck, they'll, they're, they'll be right there in the end. I don't want to play this team in the playoffs. I'm, I'm changing my tune. I've watched the last couple of games they've played versus Colorado versus Chicago. They've looked really dangerous. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Minnesota has 20 points. Edmonton has 19. Who has a better chance of making the playoffs in your eyes? Minnesota. Minnesota. I think when you look at the complete package, Minnesota has a better team. I think those two teams are going to be the wild card spots. I think you're right. I really do. I think think the the Blues and the the Yotes fall out. I think the top three for the Pacific and the Central stay the same, and I think those those two teams sneak in. Isn't it funny we're like already projecting we've only played 24 games like it's it's we're literally a quarter of the way into the season but i agree avalanche stars the jets i don't know what the jets they might fall out of there but yeah i'm 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 shifting i'm switching i'm i'm back in on the wild bandwagon i think i think they're a good team i think they're going to make some noise i think they will string together some wins here but i know love it what do i know you know what I mean? I'm just an all-star game MVP. <laughs> what do I? Oh, I'm just a, in the head I'm just a TV analyst, you know, for one of the most storied franchises that NHIs. What do I know? What do I know? <laughs> All right, Tim. Moving on. Quick hits brought to you by DoorDash. If you're watching on YouTube, look at where I'm pointing. Look what I got. DoorDash bag. They gave it to me. Tim doesn't have one. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to help profitability in the bottom line. Like, listen, guys, you guys keep your lights on, keep the DoorDash bag. I don't need it. They go, so. you got a co-host? I'm like, I think so. <laughs> Can you spell that? Tim? Tim? Any letter? <laughs> oh, but <laughs> this quick hits is brought to you by DoorDash. Use promo code NATION25 for 25% off and free delivery. Only available in Canada. USA, I don't know. Hopefully soon. Maybe. Possibly you. Stay tuned. Um, Possibly you. But what are we doing on Quick Hits, Tim? Well, the first one is, is tough news for the Canadians. Not that they had a lot of good news this year, but Alex Newhook is out 10 to 12 weeks with a high ankle sprain, which is, I think, is just one of the most painful and toughest recovery's. Ooh, it's really tough. I've had it. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. Uh, tough, tough luck for him. In preseason, I went to I went to try to bury somebody, make an impact. Last preseason game. I was on the bubble of making the team. I was with Minnesota. I went to just light someone up in the neutral zone. I thought the pass was going to go to the forward. And the D-man pump faked me, and I bit. And I was, like, almost committed to hitting it. At the last second, I just said, don't hit him, don't hit him. And I speed wobbled, and my legs just went Bambi, and I just high ankle sprain, yard sale. I was so upset because I thought I might have made the team. And so I had to sit there in rehab in Minnesota for a month and a half, and then I get sent down to the AHL. It was awful. In a hotel by myself. Uh, it stunk. Making AHL money sucks so bad. How does that work? Because you got hurt with the NHL team. You got the rehab there or what? Well, I, it was beneficial for me to rehab there because the AHL doesn't really have the facilities. And I, I was such a high prospect. And they wanted to take care of me, make sure I was doing the right stuff, not just getting drunk by the pool, which I would never do in Houston, which I would never do. <laughs> Yeah. Clayton Stoner and yeah, okay. oh man, um, my second year in Houston. I'll tell you what. My first year, we had Rob Dom. He could care less about what you did off the ice. He just lived like an hour away. We lived like in this little complex that had a pool, and all the players just rented apartments. And every day, we would convene at the pool after practice. Guys would bring a case of beer. We'd bring bean bags, and we'd just swim and drink beers and play bean bags every day. My second year, Kevin Constantine was the coach. He got an apartment right on the pool. And we're like, what the heck, Kevin? Like, you're ruining everything. So I think we tried it a few times, and he would just come and sit and watch us. And I'm like, <laughs> like, just ruined everything. I'm like, Kevin! And so Drinking then we had, to take it in, we had to take it inside. And you're, you're in Houston in February, and it's 72. You want to go by the pool. Did he uh, know what stunk. he was doing? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, 100%. Like, he's no dummy. And he yeah. is ru- And we, we actually had a winning season, so it worked. But I'll tell you what, that first year was probably the most fun I've ever had in hockey. It was so fun. Bunch of young guys, new to the league, who had a ton of money. I didn't have money, but that's back when they used to give rookies $900,000 signing bonuses. Everybody had a monster signing bonus. Everybody drove drove in with Navigators, Escalades. All fancy cars. I had like a Chevy Silverado pickup truck with a cap on the back that cost $3,000. And I thought I was balling. But we, t- everybody was loaded. Danny Ehrman, Benoit Pouliot, Sean Bell, Clayton Stoner, Eric Reitz, um, Peter Callis. All those guys had the $900,000 bonus. And it, we had some fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Anyways, That's thanks funny. a lot, Kevin. Ruined everything. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Um, 
Next one here. Interesting report out of Nashville. Apparently, they've given Tyson Berry permission to talk to other teams. He was a healthy scratch over the weekend versus the Rangers. He's going to be a UFA after the season. So this allows both him and the team to see if there's a better fit elsewhere, pursue some trades. The problem is he's not really producing. He's got zero goals, nine assists in 22 games. He's minus five. He has only three power play points. I know he's playing on the second unit because they got Yossi up front, but is he just a name at this point or can he still help a team, do you think? No, no, absolutely not. Last year, he had 55 points. Like He's a very, very good puck-moving defenseman. I think at this point in his career, teams know what they're getting. You get a high-end guy who can quarterback the power play, has some deficiencies in the defensive zone. A lot of teams want that. A lot of teams could use a guy as his ilk. Play him 12 to 15 minutes a game, first power play unit, and just let him let him do what he does. He ain't going to be out there at the end of the game if you're down or up by one. That's fine. He'd look good in Edmonton. I tell you what, go right back to Edmonton. They got that home for him. It was a pretty, not straight up trade. I think they had to throw in a draft pick. But right now, he would look good quarterbacking that power play. Evan Bouchard, maybe ship him back to the second line, put him up there with Darnell. He, he was great in Edmonton, Tim. He really was. was. Averaged, what, 40, 45 points a year? Really, really good. They signed him to a $3.5 million contract for three years. This is the last year of his deal on that original contract. So he, he will be highly coveted. There will be a, no shortage of teams for him to go to. There you go. I like Tyson Berry. Nice. Last thing didn't here. I, didn't is- I trash him a few years back? You trashed everybody. So I, I, uh, I got to watch my tongue because it, word gets around like it does. Guys don't like it. Truth hurts. Yeah. Right. What's the last we, thing? We've heard that from people before. Mm-hmm. Last thing here is that Patrick Kane is expected to make his debut this week for the Red Wings, either Tuesday or Thursday night, depending on how he feels. He said Crazy. when he signed, he need seven to ten days to just get back up to game speed. But exciting for them. Good to see uh, they keep winning. Amazing recovery by Patrick Kane. He just had major hip replacement. Like that's that's a that's a big one. Do you think he's taking steroids? No, no, no. I bet no. he got tested. Where does he slot into the lineup? Does he go right first line with Larkin and Raymond, or does he slide in with Debrinket in comfort? I think you put him with Kitty Cat. Yeah, start there and then see where it goes. Yeah. I heard it was in his contract. He has to play with Debrinket every shift. Or else he quits. And Dorinkin has to get dinner with him, just the two of them, at least one night a week. Or he and can they have to hold hands deal. with their left hand so they can eat with their right. <laughs> two across the table. Minimum. You hold across, and then you eat. Eye contact the whole time. Alex, deal. look at me. Look at me. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, last thing here. The um, Canucks are playing the Devils tomorrow night. What does that Alex, mean, Alex, i got to use the restroom. Let's go. Come on. Alex, it's a number two, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you tickle yourself, don't you? (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's why he's why he went there. You know? Yeah. All right. What's the last thing here, Tim, on the quick hits brought Uh, to you by DoorDash? Only available in Canada, not in USA. The Canucks and Devils are playing each other tomorrow. What does that mean? Hughes, the Hughes. Tim's going to have a huge smile on his face watching this game. You <laughs> see what I did TV, there? Baby. No, I probably won't watch it. But it's cool, though. Three brothers in a game. It happened before, obviously, with the stalls, but it's been a while. There's a lot of brothers in the league. I was unaware. There's a lot of, like, 
families in the league. I watched the Felino brothers play against each other the other night. My brother was useless. Yeah. Not athletic at all. Rank at all. No. It was afternoon games. I'm going to go next week. They have, I'm coming in St. Louis, Washington. So I might go for Washington's pregame. Stir the pot a little bit. Chop Let's it up with Ovi. Ovi. Yeah. Hey, Ovi, how's that non goal scoring going? I wonder if he even knows I chirp him. I'm, I'm sure, sure he, he does. doesn't. You, you don't sure think he me. does? He probably saw that one clip that blew up like two years ago. Oh, yeah. I bet someone showed him that, but no, I don't think he listens to the show or has any idea that. Well, he doesn't listen, but guys see the social media crap all the time. It's relentless. Yeah. And they see it. I've started doing the thing now where if it's a positive clip, I tag him in it, whoever the player is. If it's a negative one, I don't. Unless it's like something funny that I feel like they should see. But they probably don't look anyway, but I'm like, no, they look. Like yeah. if, you're jump, if you're dogging on someone, I'm like, oh, I don't think you should see it, but I still want to post it, so I just don't tag him in it. Let's let's keep tagging Evander Kane in the negative stuff, because I really don't like that guy. <laughs> I don't think everything. he'll ever come on the show. But anyways, everybody, this was fun. Thank you for joining us. I had a good show, Tim. This felt good. Shout out to Tate. Yeah, Tate. I, I'm excited for him. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't expect his face. You gasped. I, I did. I was like, what? <laughs> like, he just looks like a, a happy guy. I love the accent, too. How y'all doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wish I could go to the game with before, him. But yeah, it's great. Ah, oh, man, it's going to be fantastic. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us here. December 4th, we'll catch you all, I guess, this week, twice more. Right, Tim? That is correct. All right, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 